And good evening, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of JMU Sound Off. As tonight, we will be talking about all things Montpelier Collective. And um, before we bring in the rest of our team and our special guests tonight, I want to remind you if you haven't had a chance to check out our last episode with Percy J. Obese, former running back at JMU, shared his perspective on his time at JMU and offers his thoughts on what he expects to see from the 2023 version of JMU. You can find that on, as always on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube accounts and archived on our podcast platforms, like all of our episodes here of JMU sound off. And with that, we will bring in the rest of our team for tonight's episode. We've got Steve Brown, Michael Evangelista and Cliff Wood from the Montpelier collective Taylor Atkins out coaching his son's soccer team tonight. So he said he'd be tuning in about halfway through the broadcast. But, uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. Steve, Mike, how you doing? Hey, doing well. Getting closer and closer to kickoff on September 2nd. It's and Michael, I know you're, you're getting ready not only for week one, but I know you're already well underway planning that important tailgate in the postgame that's going to happen in Charlottesville. Absolutely. Uh, literally right around the corner. Uh, I can't believe it's, what, we're 10 days away from kickoff? It's getting real. It's getting real. Cliff, Cliff, welcome back from uh, the Pacific Northwest. We know you enjoyed yourself on your cruise to Alaska and are now adjusting back to the East Coast time. So we're, we're really appreciating you taking some time to join us. And, and Cliff, um, to those who may not know you as well as uh, the three of us on this broadcast, um, we want to talk to you tonight about your work with the Montpelier Collective. But before we get into the collective, I wanted to give you a chance to introduce kind of your JMU story and uh, not only how you came to JMU, but how you came to find yourself in this position of, of leading this effort to try to really support student athletes at JMU. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I feel very unsophisticated since I don't have fancy microphones like you guys do, but I'll do the best I can to keep up. Uh, I'm a 1988 grad of JMU, so I appreciate you having Steve as a host. So there's at least somebody in my age group uh, that that's on here. Uh, not went to uh, went to JMU from '84 to '88. Uh, had an absolutely great time. Uh, got involved again with JMU through the Duke Club. Uh, was a chapter rep and the chapter president for the uh, for the Richmond chapter of the Duke Club. Um, and then, you know, season ticket holder for, for basketball, season ticket holder for football. So kind of uh, all the, you know, a fan for all the sports, go to everything that I can. Uh, I worked until, let's see, night, or 2018 when I retired and uh, spent four years uh, at JMU primarily with the Duke Club and running the Duke Club. So uh, kind of came full circle and now am helping Steve and the rest of the board of directors run the Montpelier Collective. Awesome. Well, Cliff, you're being you're being very generous, but Cliff is the president of the Montpelier Collective and is the lead guy that runs this collective. Um, the rest of us work for Cliff, <laughs> which is great, and we're happy to do it. But Cliff is the Cliff's the you're the tip of the spear, and we really appreciate all the work and the time that you're putting into it. Um, for those who are not really familiar with the Montpelier Collective, can you take us back to how it came to be and just a little bit of background on on what the collective does and why it's important? Sure. Um, obviously, this is a rapidly changing area and field. And when I was still an administrator for JMU Athletics, you, you could tell those things were happening, major, ma mainly in the Power Five schools. Um, but as I knew I was going to leave the Duke Club, I knew it was something that that was going to have to be addressed. Talk to some, you know, fellow donors like yourself and some other folks that were interested in doing anything. So we did, you know, a lot of research and I had started researching it. Uh, back when I worked there, um, and because it's complicated and a lot of different schools do different things. 
uh, as you know, Steve, we decided to go the route of a nonprofit or a 501c3 uh, designated by the IRS because we felt like we wanted to do something that was really about JMU and what, you know, what can we do as a collective? Because that has to be separate from the university, but we wanted it to feel like JMU. And we feel, felt like having the student athletes that we contract with do volunteer work uh, and community service as part of the stipend that they get uh, for their NIL, kind of tied it back to the community and tied it back to who we are as JMU alums, JMU fans, JMU donors. Uh, so then we went on the long task of getting approved for our 501c and really planning how we were going to approach this. Cliff, thanks for hopping on again and, and appreciate the insight around the collective. Um, I think you hit on it a little bit around sort of the importance of this movement, but it, please expand just for like our listeners on why is this effort so critical to the sustained success for JMV Athletics? Sure. I mean, it, it, it happened to coincide with a move to the Sun Belt. Uh, which is a more competitive conference than we were in. Certainly in football, a lot of people talk about football as the only move in the Sun Belt because we went from FCS to FBS. So it was the most dramatic move, but it was still a move from, for you know all of our other sports and uh, equally as important. Uh, and as legislation changed and you saw, you know, if we want to compete at that upper level, we're going to compete with recruits, certainly amongst our G5, but we also want to be able to, to hold on to the, to the student athletes that we have uh, and stop from getting, you know, I guess poached is the right word. Uh, so losing our best players to other G5 schools or Power 5 schools. So we looked at it as almost like a retention program. And what can we do to keep the players that committed to us? We wanted to do something to commit back to them. Uh, so we wanted to raise some money, see if we could keep these student athletes, um, you know, kind of priority ranked by what we felt like their name, image, and likeness was worth. Uh, and kind of keep those folks. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to compete. Uh, especially in football, because you have so many, you have so many, you have 22 starters just on offense and defense. We've already seen a little bit of attrition with folks going to Texas, Ole Miss, West Virginia. So if we felt like if we didn't do anything, that was going to get a lot worse. And and um, <clears throat> we've talked a lot about the Duke Club. Obviously, your time with the Duke Club, very, you know, the vast majority of the Jamie fan base, I, I'm sure, is familiar with. The role that the Duke Club plays in terms of student athletic scholarships and, and advancing many aspects of the JMU athletics mission in terms of facilities and other things. How is this different uh, and why is it so important that people maintain their support to the Duke Club and, and don't take a gift from the Duke Club and give it to the Montpelier Collective? Right. Uh, so that, that's an important uh, distinction. And it's, it's really important for people to understand that the Montpelier Collective, while staffed, and donated to by fans and, and alumni, it has nothing to do with the university. So, um, you know, we are a separate entity uh, and we raise money for, for, for the name, image, and likeness programs. The Duke Club is the, is the uh, fundraising arm uh, of JMU Athletics. It's vitally important. Uh, they raise money for student athletic scholarships. They also raise money for general budgetary expenses. So when you're looking in, and that's, that's easy to research when you're looking at how much money does JMU spend on athletics versus other G5 schools and, and power five schools? You know, we're kind of at the top with, with G5, but where we want to compete, it doesn't get any cheaper. So we need to continue to raise money to compete at that level. You look at the facilities that we have, uh, they just opened, we just opened up the new communication center with the new volleyball setup and all the offices for a lot of the Olympic sports, the uh, recently the Atlantic union bank center, 
there's I know Michael always wants to talk about adding on at Bridgeforth that that stuff's not free and the state is not going to go build those things for us. So first and foremost, if you're a JMU fan, your first, you, the, the first check you should write is to, is to the Duke Club. And then if you're still feeling generous and you have extra money, we would certainly like to get some of that because I feel like we're important in that puzzle, but we're not as big a piece of the puzzle as uh, as the fundraising that the Duke Club does. And I guess the, the more that the, the collective can can bring in, the more that we can pay out more student athletes, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're looking for. That's yeah, it's, it's pretty much economics. So we want to, when we're looking at making uh, offers to kids, we look at the, so it's open to every sport. So if you go to montpelliercollective.com and you want to make a donation, you hit the donate now button, then you get a drop down for, you know, how much money you want to donate and what sport you want it to go to. You do not have to designate a sport, but if you do, you can designate that sport. Once we look at what we have in each of those buckets, and we feel like we can make what we feel like is a legitimate offer in that sport, we will reach out to student athletes in that sport. But if we don't get enough money, we do not, we do not make offers. So like the, and so for, if we're, you know, we're in football season, so we'll talk about football. We can only make offers on how much money we get. So the more money we get, the deeper we can go. So the more kids that we can offer. And then as we go into next year, we can make higher offers and more offers to make sure that we retain the best of our student athletes. So fundraising right now for, for the Montpelier Collective is the number one priority. So if we can get 100 people or 2,500 people to give 100 bucks, we can raise 250000 So I'll put it out there right now. Um, I'll match the first 1000 bucks that's that people give. Um, so I'm putting the challenge out there to section 109 to any other section in the stadium. Um, I'm going to be working on the people in the club. So my section, I'm going to start it off because I'm going to get 10, I'll get 10 people to give a hundred. So I'll be able to match that. So that'll get us to two. So I'm looking for 2,500 people to give a hundred bucks. That's all I'm looking for. So I'm going to put it out there on the podcast now and, and see if we can get, get to that goal of $2,500, 2,500 people this year to donate a hundred and get 250 in the pot. If we can do that, we can expand out to lacrosse, to softball, to a variety of folks. That's what we're trying to do is to get this money in the hands of a lot of folks. Um, let me let me ask the question about the community service. Can you kind of speak to why the community service aspect with the collective is, is so important uh, to us as, as board members of the collective and to the community at large? I think, uh, look, NIL is is different. I said it was ever-changing. We wanted to make sure that the community felt good about what we were doing. And look, you haven't worked there. I know how important community service is to our student athletes anyway. It's not like they're going to wait for an NIL deal to go do community community service in the Valley. Um, but we just wanted to expand on that and make sure that we were partnering uh, with with local charities and, and getting our folks out there to do it. it. It gives us some publicity as we get going this year, and it'll give them some publicity as well. So to be able to raise money for for the community is is look that that obviously makes us feel good, but it really makes the kids feel good, and they they jumped right on that uh, once I started reaching out to them and talking to them about what we were about. Love that call out, Steve. Like, let's pull out some uh, accountability, right, for JMU Nation on this. Um, that you know, spent so many Saturdays in Harrisonburg. So, Cliff, you mentioned around like NIL just constantly changing. And I think going back like the last 10 years at JMU, JMU's just grown a ton, right? New buildings left and right, new infrastructure. 
Tell us a little bit more about the importance of expanding the pool of financial donors to JMU and why that is important, not just for the collective, mm-hmm. but also for the football program, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could start with the Duke club and one of the biggest frustrations I had, and I probably let the, my ego get the best of me. It, it, the fact that when you look at alumni that give back to the university uh, and that's across the board, not just athletics. Uh, when I left, the number was under 7%. So less than 7% of alums from JMU give back to the university. So that's behind Bridgewater, Richmond. I don't know how you guys love Richmond, Tech, UVA, you name it, everybody, we're behind them all. And the problem that I had as a fundraiser was everybody loves JMU. They had a great experience. But as you walk around the campus, I'll go to athletics specifically, you look at all the things that I just talked about with the facilities. It feels like we don't need money, but we do. Because if you want to continue to compete like that, you're going to need to continue to put money into it. But everybody always thinks somebody else is going to do it because somebody else has. So the biggest frustration was continuing to get new donors and new blood. I'm really proud of Scooter Rankin and his staff because they were able to finally crack 5,000 donors in the Duke Club this year. Um, so you don't, you don't want the same people continuing to give money. You want, you, want to, you want to be able to expand that donor race. You take it to what we're talking about, right? The first people I called were people I, that I had to ask for, for, for money at the Duke Club. You know, and then everybody, again, everybody always thinks somebody else is going to take care of that bill. And we're getting to a point where you know, there are a lot of new alums coming into their prime earning years, and they're they're going to need to they're going to need to step up and help us get to that number. So the issue is it's a compli- complicated issue, Michael, and yeah. it takes me usually an hour to talk to somebody before I get money from them. So well, yeah, I was going to say, in about your two minute response, I actually just hopped on the website and, and donated on Monthly Collective. So it took literally thirty seconds. There you go, John. Just very quick idea what it looks like on the mobile i will say cliff if there's a way to change the frequency if you want to do like a monthly donation you can't do that right now hopefully we can do that um down the road well but i'd be curious what do, you, what do you think is the barrier right what's the barrier for expanding the donors and the number of donors and the amount of new donors that we need well i i think there's kind of this sh- like shadow over the letters nil because people don't understand it they may feel like well geez that they're amateur athletes you know, we shouldn't, you know, you, you shouldn't pay amateur athletes. And look, I agreed with that, like in the 1980s when the Olympics were still actual amateur athletes. But look, with endorsements and things like that, if if you've been around a student student athlete, the, the, the whole reason that this came about was universities, power five universities were making a lot of money off of those kids names and selling jerseys with Chris Weber's name on the back. And Chris Weber never saw a dollar of it. So look, they're entitled to that money and we're going to play within the rules that are there. So, you know, one of the biggest rules is in the state of Virginia, you can't be affiliated with university and university can't do it. So that's why Steve, myself, the other board members, we're a separate entity. But when I say it's ever changing, some of the states across the country, they have state laws like Texas that the universities can do it themselves. So Steve and I are working against the 12th Man Foundation, which is one of the biggest fundraising organizations in all of college athletics, and they can they can they can uh, fundraise for their version of the Duke Club as well as their version of Montpelier Collective. So it puts us at a little bit of a, a disadvantage. So it's we're just trying to get out there and tell the story of what we're trying to do, and it's really trying to keep our kids and make sure that we re, you know that we commit to the kids that committed to us by coming here in the first place. 
So, so Cliff, talk about the networking aspect of this, though. If there's somebody listening to this who's obviously going to make that commitment themselves mm-hmm. to make a donation, but they have a contact somewhere in the JMU community or the business community that, that they believe could make a significant investment in, in this collective, how's the best way that they can either get in touch with you or get in touch through the collective to start that conversation and, and once again, try to expand that pot uh, of donors to the collective? Yeah, the easiest way to get in touch with me is you can reach out on any of the Montpelier Collective uh, social sites or just go on the website and there's a contact us button that goes directly to me. It'll send me an email and I'll reach out and talk to you. You could do a warm handoff if you want to, uh, you know, introduce me to one of your friends. Um, but I'm going to ask. So, like, I'm very aggressive with the ask. It's isn't going to be like, hey, let's go meet up and I'll talk to you about it. If I'm meeting with you, I'm asking you for money. So be prepared. And like a lot of people may be a little, well, that's a little aggressive. Look, I'm not going to waste your time and I'm not going to waste my time. So this is about making, taking JMU athletics to kind of that next level. And there's one fundraiser on the whole staff right now, me. So I I don't have time to have like networking events. We're going to have sales events. (laughs) So uh, if you want to talk, I'd love to talk to you, but I'm going to ask at the end of the conversation. Well, part of that mm-hmm. ask is going to start on September 2nd is you're going to have a kickoff event um, on and the tailgate lots prior to the opening week against Bucknell. Talk about that event and, and how can anybody out there that's interested in attending uh, get involved? Yeah, we're excited about that event. Like you said, it's the opening weekend, September 2nd. We'll kick that off at, at about two o'clock in F lot spot 150. So if Steve will be there. I'll be there. The rest of the members of the board, we have some student volunteers. I'm going to try to, um, you know, convince some coaches to stop by uh, as well. Um, and look, it's, it's really an opportunity to, if you have questions, we can talk to you about that. We'll be able to take your money right there. So if you want to go to Michael's tailgate in the convocation center lot, uh, have a few drinks, meander down, I will be happy to take your money. Um, but it, it's really to talk about it and not like I could, we can only say so much like on this or, or on a social media post, any questions you have, any things that concern you that you don't feel comfortable reaching out and asking, that's a good place to ask it. Uh, and, and you know, we want, we want to have a, a good time. We'll have some music there. We'll have a couple of giveaways. But the big thing is just to educate as many people as possible about what the Montpelier Collective is and how you can help. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cliff. And I'll, I'll throw it out one more time to see if uh, Michael or Steve have any last questions. And if not, uh, we'll just say go Dukes. And, and, and thank you once again for this effort. We know there's been a ton of work put uh, in behind the scenes by a number of people who have invested in JMU for years, um, not just in this collective, but in helping to advance our facilities, advancing student athletes um, on top of just the financial support, but also the the mentorship of many of the athletes across the JMU landscape. And, and that's felt uh, personally by them. And it's been mentioned on previous episodes of this, just what uh, the commitment from the JMU nation means to these athletes. So uh, anything else for Steve or Michael? Yeah, I'll be there looking for stadium section captains. So at this tailgate, not only are we going to be having a drink, I'm going to be looking for you to run your own section of the stadium. Um, same thing with Carol and her JMU Nation folks. Uh, I need you folks to also chip in. So we've got enough people that go to these games that we should easily be able to put 100 bucks a year into this. And that's, that's not difficult. And if we can do that, it will really help these athletes. Um, trust me, it, it means so much to them that we're able to put this together for them. Um, I know they have a scholarship. I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, they should make a little bit of money off of everything that we're doing. Um, so I, you know, join me, help us out. And I think we can all, when we put our back into it, we can do it. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll, second everything Steve says, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about me personally, right? As a 
as a 2012 grad, right? Like I feel like it is, it is my classmates or the people around my generation that are now moving into sort of that next step in their career that um, time to step up. You know, when I think about JMU and the opportunities that it's provided me, the amazing people that I've met, the amazing memories that have been created over the past 10 years, um, the winning, the championship, right? For us to stay at that level, we've talked a lot of time about what's the cost of doing business nowadays. This is part of it, right? So if we want to continue winning, continue filling Bridgeforth, expanding Bridgeforth, um, this is part of it, right? So, so folks, 2012 grads, 2013, 2014, college of business grads, um, calling on you. Let's bring this thing together. Calling on SMAG grads too. And, and if you have uh, creative talent and want to lend your efforts to advancing the mission of the Montelier Collective, I know Cliff's uh, email, text messages, phone calls are working. So the more we're out there advancing this mission, the more we're excelling this brand, uh, the more successful it's going to be. So Cliff, uh, again, as always, we appreciate it. We're going to continue to support uh, the collective all season long on all of our broadcasts. Uh, and to you out there, if there's ever an episode, we're going to ask you to share uh, through your networks on, on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, everything. Please share this episode so that more people can hear this conversation, have their questions answered. Uh, and again, we hope to see you on September 2nd. Um, on the kickoff event for Montpelier Collective, we're going to play the ad as we roll out of this broadcast. But once again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the JMU Sound Off. We appreciate your support. We've we've seen it all season long, and we hope that you join us on Sunday for a very special episode. We'll welcome former James Madison quarterback Vad Lee uh, and fan zones Brian McLaughlin to the conversation as we get ready for week one. Michael, did you have one last thought? I didn't, but I think Cliff, did you want yeah, to? I did. Hey, I, I just, yeah, before we sign off, look, I, I just wanted to thank you guys for the opportunity uh and and we 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 really enjoy sponsoring uh your podcast and everything that you guys do you guys it's a grind and i know you get paid so uh thanks for helping us get uh the word out and really appreciate everything you do so thanks again for having us on and uh appreciate all the support awesome thanks, thanks cliff. go dukes go dukes Hi, i'm cliff wood with the montpelier collective football season is right around the corner and i'm happy to announce that we're going to have a kickoff event on September 2nd in F-Lot Spot 150. Festivities will start about 2 o'clock. We'll have giveaways, live music, and the chance for us to connect with you and talk about how you can help our student-athletes. Look forward to seeing you on September the 2nd. Go Dukes!